Welcome to my Beauty Fuel Food by JJ, a yoga and wellness expert from New York living in Paris. JJ seeks out creatives and entrepreneurs who exemplify a vision of how to live a good life. Welcome to our very high vibrational lifestyle. This afternoon, I have the incredible pleasure to be with Audrey, who is a soul and business coach. Thank you so much for joining us, Audrey. Thank you for having me. So I've had the pleasure of trying a root healing session with Audrey. Um, And it is something that I had never experienced before. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what you do and what is a root healing. Sure. Um, I am a soul and business coach. I also help uh, entrepreneurs uh, launch their businesses uh, because I have a lot of experience as a management consultant and a serial and successful business owner of international businesses that grows six to eight figures. I um, started in the consulting world, but I always had ESP and psychic abilities as a child because I inherited those uh, from my grandmother. And um, I just kind of muted those uh, abilities early in my childhood. And I just continued on into the more traditional path of trying to live in the society where you're more left brain and trying to succeed. So I studied computer science. Um, I studied psychology also because I did um, have trauma growing up, and I wanted to get more of an understanding of that uh, so I could be more self-aware. So I started my healing journey early in my life um, as I launched my career as a management consultant. And um, what I found was I had two identities. I had this really amazing kick-ass identity as a business person, but I had a lot of trauma uh, from my, my emotional experiences as a child that came into my personal life. So I had really good boundaries in my business life, but not so much in my personal life. So I had this, what a lot of spiritual people call the dark night of the soul, where I was just really successful in my business, but some things in my personal life were not going well at all. And I had a betrayal in, in a, in a personal relationship that really broke my heart. And I went to sleep one day and, uh, crying, uh, just really devastated. And the TV turned on in the middle of the night uh, at 2 a.m. And I was a child actor. Uh, and the episode of the Cosby show I was on turned on. And I heard, remember who you are. And I realized there's something bigger than me at work. And I have to lean into that. So that's what started my healing and spiritual journey, where I started to study all these different uh, spiritual uh, teachings and energy healing modalities. So I became uh, adept at uh, my psychic abilities. I learned about mediumship. I studied Reiki. I studied the reconnective healing modality. I worked with a bunch of healers. I'm also, I I studied with a shaman. So I just started to really lean into my God-given talents. And I also learned that, um, if you tune into your body, your body is your soul, uh, instrument basically to experience this life. And a lot of times when we experience trauma, it gets trapped in our autonomic nervous system and we perceive the world from that trap trauma where we're not feeling safe. So we start looking at everything through these um, filters of insecurity, unworthiness, and, and, and just not no safety. And what I learned is the more I breathed into that trauma and healed it, I was able to uncover memories from my childhood and rewrite them as an adult, a conscious adult, so that they were less scary. And by doing that, you release the trauma. But I found that when you only hit the more recent memories, you still attract similar experiences. So we basically recreate our childhood uh, unconsciously because we. this is how we know the world. This is how we experience the world. We lean into people that remind us of our childhood. So I found that if you, as a computer scientist, I found if you debug it at the root, because basically these, these 
things that we create in our reality are symptoms of the root traumas from our childhood. I found that if you just kind of skip through the later memories, you go into the earlier childhood memories, and you could actually find the most early uh, experiences of these traumatic programming uh, beliefs that we you know, grew up with, and you actually change your life from that perspective. So if you go to like age three, usually age five is where we establish our personality and belief system. So if you can find memory before that, you're able to really reprogram your autonomic nervous system and start experiencing the world from a more safe and worthy perspective because you become the parent that your inner child wanted and needed and you help your inner child let go of control. And the ego basically is your inner child trying to protect yourself from the world. And you could actually help co-create a more conscious reality with your soul because you're, the inner child's being able to let go and play now and go off into her playful self and not have to control your life. And you're no longer being driven by your inner child. Now, the root trauma work also evolved as I evolved because I learned about past lives. And I learned that as souls, we line up our experiences in this life. So we sign contracts with soul friends, could be our parents, could be lovers, could be friends, that we help to line up certain soul patterns that we want to revisit as a soul, things that we didn't quite learn from past lives. So I found that if you continue the root trauma release into past lives, you can easily and quickly access past lives where you could see your mom, your dad, your lover, your husband, your wife play out similar roles that they play out now. And even same patterns, switch the roles. So instead of being the victim or the persecutor, you switch it. So I found that being able to help heal people through past lives, you actually really change people's lives because you don't become a victim of the circumstances of this life because a lot of what we experience is really traumatizing. There are so many issues that we can experience. And a lot of my clients have experienced just horrendous traumas, including molestation, incest, things like that. And when you look at it at a soul perspective, you can actually see in a weird way, the beauty of it on a soul level. And it's really difficult. Um, it took me a little bit even for me to accept the awful things that we can experience as a human. But at a soul level, we're trying to learn about empowerment, love, unconditional love, acceptance, forgiveness, things like that. And you could see some of these persecutors on a soul level in past lives and just see the patterns that we signed up to create together. So what my work does is um, basically help people clear their trauma so that they can get in their bodies more because a lot of times we dissociate and we don't really feel our memories. And that's why we're always in our head instead of uh, that's why we can't meditate because our, our mind is trying to rationalize with the pain we feel in their bodies because the trapped trauma creates pain. So what I do is I help clients um, get into their bodies, help heal their past life trauma uh, and this life trauma and just get more intuitive because the safer you feel, the more you can tune into your intuitive abilities. And then you can actually co-create with your soul more consciously and actually create a really easy and beautiful life that's full of just magic and abundance. And um, also I was a you know successful business owner, management consultant. So I also help clients on that front too. If they're interested in helping their professional or business uh, experiences, I also help bring these lessons into that as well. I, um, I, I so relate to that even just from one session because I, in the sense that even now, the, the things that I was able to uncover or the one predominant thing I was really able to uncover in this one session, I can now really um, identify and it continues to come up, but I'm able to kind of, I know how to deal with it. And that's exactly what you had explained to me before I 
I did this root trauma and I kind of was like, how is that possible? But it, it is it is incredibly profound and, and quite crazy in, in the best way possible. I am smiling and nodding my head as you're sharing your amazing experience because one, it was wonderful to work with you. Um, you were able to see your patterns at a high level, at a soul level, because you realize really a lot of what we do is very repetitive, right? It's just a little reminder of what we normally do every day if we don't learn, right? So as you took a step back and looked at the soul patterns and the people involved, you're able to see, oh my gosh, I can actually consciously disengage from this and, and create something new, a new narrative. Exactly. Exactly. I think, well, I personally want to know, and I think that this would be something that would interest our listeners here as well. You explained a little bit about your past um, working in a kind of quite different setting. Um, <laughs> yes. Can you talk a little bit about this transition, what you were doing before? Um, it's really interesting that you were kind of had this um, clairvoyance even as a child, how did you discover all of this? Um, I always saw things as a child. Um, I grew up in an environment where my grandmother would talk about her her premonitions and what she could see. She could see ghosts a lot and she could just feel people's energies. And um, I just grew up with that. So that kind of talk, that magic talk was always in me. But, you know, outside of the family, not so much, right? So I learned because I was a perceptive young child that, you know, I had to have two personalities. I had this inner knowing version of me that understood, you know, all that is in terms of spirituality, energies, entities, and soul. But also I knew what is accepted in the mainstream culture. So I basically just muted. I, 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 I fostered it because I could see things and I could feel things. And I had dreams that were predictive. I've always been able to predict the future through my dreams and see things and see ghosts and things like that. But um, I just didn't tell people because no one really talks about that, right? So I just had that going on. But as I got older, I started to mute it more because I just it was hard to have both sides going on and still li live in the mainstream culture. Um, as a when I was eight, I was playing in the playground. I was discovered by a photographer to be in a magazine. And because I followed directions really well, she uh, suggested that I go into TV. So my mom um, helped shop me around to different agencies uh, to see if they would uh, be open to being my agent. And because I was so, so shy, people actually just closed the door on me. But one agent who happened to be the same agent that Britney Spears had as a child, uh, let me read a Shake and Bake commercial ad and I read it and uh, the room filled up with all these agents and I looked up and all these people were clapping and that's how my childhood acting career was born. Um, I did things like the Cosby show. I, I was on um, soap operas, commercials, a fitness video. Uh, so I did that. But um, what, what happened was as I got older, um, I think I, I didn't want to shine too much because I did get bullied. That was something I attracted in my soul journey, being bullied. Um, I, I wanted to fit in more. So I started to mute my unique gifts and talents, which was acting, uh, singing, and um, art because I also had a scholarship at the Met uh, when I was eight as well. So I just didn't want to stand out because I felt standing out made me vulnerable to criticism and, and attention. So as I started to progress in the mainstream culture, you know, moving uh, from New York City, which is where I was born, to New Jersey, where I, I didn't know anyone. And all the friendship groups are already established. I just didn't fit in. So I just really wanted to conform and fit in. So I just muted all of my special things that I grew up with uh, so I could fit in. So trying to dress like my friends, you know, wear, you know, the clothes that they're wearing, listen to the music they're listening to. And I, 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 I you know, it was fun because I, I found friends, but at the same time, I did forget a big part of myself. 
So um, my parents divorced when I was 16. Well, they separated when I was 16 and I was emancipated. And I, I that was a big a one night of the soul moment I had where I had to now uh, figure out what I needed to do. So I had to like find out what am I going to do going forward because I'm financially independent. So I got a scholarship at Rutgers and I decided to study computer science and psychology, as I mentioned before, so I could get a job and pay for myself and also uh, send money back to my my, my family. So I uh, did really well. I studied computer science um, and I got a, an internship at Accenture, uh, which was a really prestigious internship. And that started to help me feel really confident about myself. So I started to lean a little more into my, my intuition again, because uh, I found um, that the more I did that, the better I was able to tune into what my clients needed and the work. And I would get really amazing solutions for problems in business. So it just seemed like I had this inner knowledge about business as a consultant. So I, I got a, I was banded one, which is a top performer rating. And I continued on my management consulting journey. But in 2000, I decided to launch uh, businesses, be an entrepreneur. And I, it took me five years uh, working as a consultant during the day and starting my business at night to really be able to launch my business. So uh, the, the businesses I launched were manufacturing, where I was able to help uh, companies outsource their manufacturing to different uh, different uh, factories so that they could basically streamline their operations. And um, I also helped them with their marketing and basically also their operations uh, optimization because that was really my wheelhouse. And because of my IT background, I was able to help people, you know, save money and just get really efficient. So that, and I also launched my own uh, line of jewelry back in the day uh, because I was an artist. So I was able to lean into that as well. Um, what happened though was because of my, I became really well known in my area. I was living in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the time, and a lot of people started to approach me to be their business and soul coach, and um, actually business coach first. And I realized that the the work I learned to heal myself, so basically the root trauma release modality was something I learned to heal myself on myself. I found out if I helped them with this these these trauma release issues, they actually changed their life. So it wasn't just about giving them business advice; it was about helping them heal. Because what I found is that if you give your own subjective advice to other people, it won't work unless they heal their stuff. Also, you can't. You, you barely know people when you work with them and even your friends, right? They, everyone has their own journey. You can't tell people how to live their life. What I do as a coach is help them heal their stuff so they can tune into their own inner guidance and figure out what they need to do. I can give them best tips. You know, business is a little easier to give subjective advice because, you know, it's, it's repetitive stuff that you can apply techn technical techniques and stuff like that. But in terms of soul advice, my job is to help clear your blocks so that you know what you need to do. And that's uh, how I started my uh, practice. It was little by little, I started to realize that I'm transforming people's lives through this healing work. And then little by little, I started to add the past life uh, healing because what I found is you really have to go back to the past life because everything we experience now was lined up before. So going way back into your past lives actually helps really transform your lives very quickly. And I did uh, do past life regressions with people that studied hypnotic therapies took a long time to get to the past lives. It would be three-hour sessions. I'd get like four past lives. With this root trauma release, when you're using your trauma because it's emotionally charged as the key to find your past lives, you can get through a lot of past lives very quick. Totally. Healers, uh, they, they sometimes get, a, because they have a lack of abundance mindset, they actually get dependent on their clients. And because I'm abundant, I didn't want to be that type of healer. I wanted to be efficient. If you don't need me, I did my job. 
right? And that's what I did as a consultant. If I did a good job as a consultant, you don't need me anymore. You're working really well without my assistance and support. And I want to do that with my clients. So I found that this is what I want to help people do. Get empowered by themselves so that they can manifest their reality without dependency on me. And uh, that's why I really felt passionate about sharing this work because I want to make it accessible to other people. Of course, you know, there are bigger trauma patterns that are really difficult. Um, like we talked about incest, I have quite a lot of clients with that. Um, I found it's hard for them to face those memories. So having a coaching session with me probably is helpful for those. But for a lot of the, the healing issues you have, you could do it on your own. It's so profound what you do. And I highly recommend it to anyone and everyone. I'm wondering if you can explain it. I mean, without going into it, um, without giving me a session at the moment. Sure. To give people a kind of um, a quick preview of kind of how it works, because I think also it can sound a bit scary if you haven't done it. Like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to discover? Do I really want to go there? Yes. Um, and I will add, it could be scary because you're perceiving these things from your child perspective, right? So things are super scary when you're a baby or a child. So, but if you can understand that you're an adult and you can actually face these memories as an adult, hopefully you'll conquer those fears. But I will share that what I've found that your soul tells you exactly what you need to work on by bringing into your life triggers, things that you don't want to happen to you, right? And, um, you know, Oprah says that in the beginning, lessons come in the form of post-it notes, right? And if you don't listen and learn, they become big steel beams that, you know, whack you upside of the head, right? So what I try to do is help my clients first, you know, let's look at all the steel beams that you've had happen recently and let's unwind them, right? So um, first, you know, feel in your body what it feels like to have these bad things happen to you, right? And a lot of people will say, I have panic in my chest or anger in my stomach or helplessness in my shoulders. And it's just basically somewhere in your body where you feel pain, uh, blockage, even shaking, um, heat. So any weird energies you may feel, uh, it's really a physical sensation. The emotions come when you try to translate the physical pain in your body into stories like, oh, that person did me wrong. Oh my God, this stuff always happens to me. I'm so unsafe. Oh my God. It, it, those stories cause the emotions of anger, fear, guilt, shame, right? So instead of focusing on the story, the key is just focusing on the pain in the body. So your mind will always try to take over because it's trying to protect you from future trauma. So it's always like, those people suck. You shouldn't hang out with them. Instead, feel the, the pain in the body. I'm panicked. I feel unsafe. And just focus on the, on the feeling in your chest and breathe and ask your subconscious, ask your body, when have you felt this before? You'll start remembering memories, more recent memories in the beginning, and then keep asking until you get to the earliest memories you possibly can get to. In the beginning, you may not get very far because this is the first time you've actually felt your body because a lot of us dissociate from feeling the pain in our bodies because it's too painful. It hurts. And we start focusing on the drama or focusing on other people's drama. We start trying to fix other people or gossip or we watch TV or read books to avoid feeling the pain. So this is like the first time a lot of people start feeling their body. So you may only feel some of the, uh, only see some of the memories that happened recently. But if you keep at it, take your time, get to know your body. It may take an hour, breathe into it. Keep asking your body, when have I felt this before? And the more you do, the more you will start to unravel the memories from the past. And I always tell my clients, try to get to, to before age five, because that's where your personality gets developed. This is where you start creating the defense mechanisms that you use to cope with the world as an adult. 
So when you get to the earlier memory, say at age three, because you accidentally spilled something on the floor, your parent yelled at you and you felt unsafe and you sometimes would lie to not get in trouble. These defense mechanisms become something you bring in to the adult life. So you can rewrite that as an adult and say, I will be the parent and not yell at you and say, it's okay, people spill things and hug the child, take the child out of the environment and you'll feel your body release that tension. Now I wanna put this caveat out there that sometimes you have multiple memories associated with the pain in the body. So as you continue to heal and release, you'll feel a little better. You still may feel some trapped trauma in your body. Continue to ask when have I felt this before until you feel better. Now. A lot of times, even if you go early, you don't feel better. So this is when you go past life. And I do provide a guided meditation in my client sessions where I will, and I'll share it with you. And if you want, you know, your clients can try to write it down and do it on themselves, but basically feel the trap trauma in your body, the pain in the chest. Imagine yourself in a garden and in the garden, there's a, a nearby forest. Go to the forest and follow a path in the forest and find a bridge. And this bridge is a bridge to your past life. And it's so great because always when you see the bridge, you'll describe the bridge in detail. You'll, it'll match the period of time in which you're going into. It'll be a, a, a wooden bridge, a stone bridge. It may not even be a bridge. It'll be crossing a, a, a brook. So I ask the client to cross over the bridge. And when they land there, they'll, they'll be in their past life. And I ask them to look around and see if there are any memories that they can remember from their past life. And learn the lessons. So maybe you'll go into a house and see your parent and some stuff happens with your parent that you'll notice. And that parent may be your parent in this life, or maybe your husband or your wife. And you could kind of feel some of the trauma from that past life. And just understanding what happened often relieves the pain. A lot of times also, you may have pain from past lives. Brian Weiss indicates this from a book. Sometimes you'll have trauma injuries and the memories of those trauma injuries from past lives. So this work also helps relieve those. So that's kind of what a session looks like really quickly. And I hope that helped. Yeah, it totally helped. I I mean, it's it's definitely something you need to experience to experience it. But I do find um, the meditation super interesting. And I'm wondering how you integrate um, your root trauma into your own daily life, because I can imagine you've done a ton of work on yourself. Um, and how do you continue yes. to work in a, um, in a kind of functional daily way? Do you have any certain routines that you continue to do to, to remain sane in your own head? Because, I mean, I remember very, um, I remember very well, you know, what, what you told me, I think the first time we met that, you know, we, the ideas that we live in this world and ideas to be happy and to enjoy every moment. and and it's so true. And it really, I can see through that that is how you feel. And how have you gotten to that place? And what do you do to stay there? Okay. Um, I will say this, the work helps you stay there because you're clearing the trap trauma. The reason why people can't stay in the happy place is because they have stuff to heal. When you're not able to stay in the happy place, that's okay. Lean into that because your negative emotions are actually what tells you what has to get released from your body. So I think a lot of healers and teachers now tell us to always be happy, to just feel the happiness. And that's not the way truly because you're really not feeling the trapped trauma in your body and you're actually causing yourself to more to dissociate, right? And you're not healing. You're not doing truly the release work. So I actually lean into the negative emotions, the shadow parts of you. Because even I get, I used to get triggered on a scale of one to 10 because of my trauma, I got triggered to a 12. I don't have those anymore. I think at the most I get like 
four. Um, once in a while, I'll get like a six and maybe an eight if it's like a big soul thing. But I rarely get those now because I healed my trauma. So how do I keep it going? Because as you evolve, your soul is like, hey, this body is willing and able. So I'll just add some more new soul lessons to add. So as I evolve, my soul lessons evolve and new soul patterns emerge and new soul friends come into my life, good and bad. And um, how I stay grounded is just to feel my body all the time. So the more work you do, the more you're just feeling your body. So you can feel your discomfort right away. And if something triggers you, I'm able to see early on, I feel discomfort from somebody or something. And it, it, it's like, because you're in your body, you feel it more, more, uh, more easily and quicker. So my, my soul lessons typically come in the form of post-it notes, right? Because in the law of attraction, you attract your, your trauma uh, because it's trapped. It's, it, it, the trauma creates fears. You're attracting your fears subconsciously because most, your, your, most of the things you attract to the law of attraction is subconscious. So the more you feel your body, the more you're able to see, yeah, this is something I'm not comfortable with. I'm going to lean into that discomfort and feel it and heal it. And then I go past life uh, typically because now at that level, I'm going past life a lot. Um, so I do it quickly. Um, I, I always take time to meditate at least 10 minutes a day if I don't have anything to clear just to continue the relationship with my body. So it's like dating your body every day. Like any relationship, you have to give it time and attention, right? So my body is the only instrument that I came into this world with. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to date it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to listen to it. It's going to tell me what it wants. It tells me what it wants to eat. It tells me when it's dehydrated. It tells me when it's uncomfortable and I have to heal. It tells me when someone doesn't feel right to me. I have to listen to that because my boundaries are getting encroached upon. So that's how I do it every day. And again, the more work you do, the less you're, you're, you're dissociating, the more you can just really feel happy organically, not like, oh, I'm love and light. Because no one's really love and light, to be honest, because this world's tough. We incarnated to experience contrast. To say that it's only love and light is delusional, to be honest, because you're not really accepting the dark side, which is part of the beauty, because you can't appreciate the light and the sun without the darks and the shadows, right? That is 100% true. I'll never forget once I was going through a really hard time and a friend of mine said, you know, just remember for all of these moments that you have of sadness, you'll have them in the opposite way one day. And I almost didn't believe it. And it's true. Yes, right. I think, um, you know, being a, an artist, I really love dark and light, the shadow play, you know, because without the shadows, you can't experience the depth, right, of the beauty of the, the art. So see that in your life, you know, with all the dark comes such light and just such depth and richness, right? And And the colors get brighter because you see you know, red looks a little brighter next to black, right? So that's how I look at life. Yeah, I, I, I totally, well, I definitely think that, you know, the root trauma and the work that I've done on myself since has, has definitely made an impact on, um, on being able to label those negative thoughts and kind of at least figure out how to deal with them. So I can understand why, you know, the work on yourself has, has made things brighter, even though it's not always um, love and light. And that is for sure. But my last question for you is, do you have any kind of routines, daily routines that, you know, you try to do like every morning or every evening? I know you mentioned that you tried to meditate every day, but um, I'm really interested to know what other kind of stuff you do. Sure. When I wake up, the first thing I do is drink eight ounces of room temperature water with a splash of apple cider vinegar. Um, I learned this from a 
Chinese medicine doctor a long time ago that this flushes out the toxins from the evening and it just kind of cleans out all your organs to start your, your day. Um, I breathe in the morning as I, so I consciously breathe as I do my morning routine. So I guess I would say I, I meditate while I do my morning routine so that I'm present, I'm happy. Um, I have a dog, so I always take him out in the morning to enjoy the mountain views I have, right? And um, then I start my day. Uh, I, I meditate, um, I would say in the afternoon during my lunch breaks, I always try to block out time to do that so that I could just kind of reboot, refresh, because I find myself pretty well, I would say meditated after I do my morning routine, but then day happens, emails happen, calls happen, uh, you know, lots of stuff happens. So then I just take a break to just kind of reset, reboot and start the the next cycle. Um, so I, I listen, you know, I, I would say one thing I wanted to share is that a lot of women particularly are taught to be very strict upon themselves, right? Because of the, the, the guidelines that we're told to follow. We have to be good. We have to be super skinny. We have to be, the, I don't, I used to be a little bit more I would say controlling on myself and cruel in a way. So I actually just listen to my body for what it wants to eat and drink, and um, it's never led me wrong. Um, so I, I, I everything in moderation. So I never get like I don't crave things because I do eat things I love to eat every day. Um, you know, you'll you'll feel your body wanting certain nutrients, so you'll eat certain vegetables and fruits and you know meat if you're you know if you eat meat um, or even treats like chocolate or potato chips if you want, you know, it's, I, I would say one thing I would share with people is to not control yourself too much because that's why a lot of people have issues when they, you know, get so strict with themselves and then they, they just fall off the wagon and start, you know, overcompensating with stuff that they deny themselves. So I would say, enjoy your life. Don't, don't try to control yourself because it's cruel. It's actually abusive to you because you were probably abused or traumatized as a child. And I would say, just be kind to yourself. And I wanted to point this one thing out. A lot of us uh, as women are told to be nice and we're not supposed to feel anger or jealousy or envy. But the way we were brought up as women, we do kind of, we were taught to compete with each other, right? So if you can lean into that and heal it, you'll be able to not compete with other women and actually collaborate better with them. Because that's what I want to help people do. Women, I want to help women to transcend the patriarchy and own their power and see that we don't have to take each other out so we can just collaborate together. But you have to lean into the shadow side of yourself so you can feel it and heal it so that you truly feel not threatened by other women because unfortunately the patriarchy makes women feel threatened by each other. So that's the one thing I would like to share. Thank you so, so much. This has been an enorm an enormous pleasure, Audrey. <laughs> Um, thank you for everything that you shared. It has just been such a pleasure and we are so lucky to have had you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to talk with you and lovely as always.